0: Welcome to JNR Basketball. I'm John, and once again, America's biggest New Kids on the Block fan, Ronnie.
1: How's it going, Ronnie? <laughs> Hell yeah! You better shut up because that concert was actually fun. I bet it was. Highly <laughs> recommend it. New Kids on the Block had a and lot of hits. It was amazing. Chinese food makes Yeah, me I, sick. I honestly, I don't know many of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know many other songs, but I think it depends on the people that you go with. You know, that's what makes concerts fun, and the people that I went with really like them. So. Uh, they're all dancing and having fun and everything like that. And yeah, it, it actually made it really fun.
0: That's fun. That, those guys are old now. I mean, they were big in the early yeah. to mid nineties. They had a little bit of a resurgence.
1: But, recently, yes, but, but they're, they're up there on stage and they're, they're rocking it, man. And the thing I liked is they, it was a mixed tour, you know, so they had like a bunch of other people there too. You know, um, the one that I liked the most was uh Rick, uh what's his name? Rick Astley.
0: Rick Astley was there. You got to <laughs> you know lead him? with that. You didn't tell yeah. me that. <laughs>
1: Dude, it was amazing. It was ridiculous. He he does that song. He did that song like three times. Never gonna get you. He did the Rickroll song
0: three times. That's that's the ultimate <laughs> yeah, Rickroll. It was yeah. so
1: good. Yeah. What
0: does the then, age group uh, and look Vogue like? Was there? What does the age group look like at a? Was, New kids of the block concert. It was concert?
1: my age group. It was like yeah, it was like mid thirties. Mid thirties uh, to mid forties. Um, okay. It was, yeah, it was it was a good group. You know, around my age group, and so and everyone was just there to have fun. And it was like it's like right after those shootings happened, you know, so it's just kind of nice to like have a big positive atmosphere to go to. And it's exactly what I needed just to kind of like get my head right too, you know, because, yeah, man, we just we just wanted to have fun, you know. Yeah, so that was really cool. They, I have yet to go
0: to a concert since the pandemic. I am itching to go because I, I really do enjoy it. And it is a lot of fun with the crowd singing along and, and just the energy from all of that. So, yeah, I will need to pick a good one to go to first, hopefully, hopefully sometime soon. I could do that. But uh, they released the yeah, honestly, NBA. I, I wasn't...
1: Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was no, gonna, no, no. just going to say, I wasn't even looking forward to going to this concert, but it, it turned out to be just loads of fun. So, yeah, if you guys, if anyone gets a chance to go to any concert, even if it sounds dumb, just go, just go. and have fun.
0: <laughs> go to your local, yeah. mu- support your <laughs> local musicians, even go to their cheap shows and have a good time. Bring yep. the energy.
1: Exactly. Get out there.
0: The NBA has released their All-NBA First Team this year, and no, not a lot of surprises, I don't think. Uh, Giannis at, uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks, Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns, Luka Doncic from the Dallas Mavericks, Yokik Jokic from the Denver Nuggets, and Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics. What are your knee-jerk reactions on the, the All-NBA team? Do you like it? Do you love it? Who do you wish wasn't on there? What are your thoughts?
1: So the biggest one that surprised me is Devin Booker. I honestly didn't think he was going to be on the first team. You know, that was a I saw his list or I saw his name on there, and I was like, "That's cool." Like, I I didn't think he was going to be first. I thought he'd be like a, a second team voting, but uh, um, but then I see Embiid not on the list. I'm like, "See, that's that's where I would like switch those two. I know it's because of like the positions and everything like that, but don't you think Embiid deserves to be on there as opposed to Devin Booker?
0: I mean, I think Devin Booker is a better guard than Joel Embiid, so no, right? Yeah, it's my position, so I think that's <laughs> what you have to look at. Uh, is he a better? Is he more deserving yeah. than uh, Jokic? And I don't, I don't. I mean, Jokic just won the MVP. Would it be weird if he won the MVP and he wasn't on the All NBA first team? Has that ever happened? I haven't done any research <laughs> right. on that, but I feel like that that would There's be weird. No way that has happened.
1: That that could have happened. Yeah. But do you, yeah, do you think this to, would be a good team? It te- has happened.
0: It would be really weird. Do you think this is a good team? Like, if this was your starting lineup, what, how would that work? What would that look like?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, team wise, I do think it's a good team. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think Devin Booker is a good point guard, but I still think the overall team, like, you're, you're not going to want to play against these guys, you know? <laughs> Are they going to have good
0: team, team chemistry, though? Because, Luca likes to get his shots. Um all of these guys like to get their shots. I don't think I don't think this works, yeah. I guess. Is what I'm saying is his starting five, I think it's too much. It's almost like well, I guess they made the 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 Olympic teams work, but you had players that were willing to step into role, smaller roles on that. I think Jason Tatum and, and Devin Booker might I don't know if those other guys are are willing to sort of play second fiddle.
1: Yeah. I, that's tough. I don't, I mean, that's really tough for me to decide on because I, I don't know if they would step back and I, I don't know. I think defensively, they're pretty good though. Like they're, they're all going to step up and, and be very good defensively. Right. Yeah. But offensively. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, I mean, yeah. What do you do with that? <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. I have no idea. That was, that. that's just kind of what I, my first reaction is. Yeah. It's a really good team. How would they play together? Probably not well. Mm-hmm. Probably not well. Uh, second team, Steph I'd like Curry. John ja Morant? Damar De- DeRozan? Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid makes the second team, rounds out the second team. Do you think that anyone was misplaced in that? I would almost say. Maybe Josh should be in the first team over Devin Booker. Maybe Steph Curry over Devin Booker. I mean, that's a really good second team. That's what team. I'm saying.
1: Right. Yeah, it's an excellent team. I actually like this team better than the other team. And I, I, yeah, it's just, it's just, I mean, Durant, he's like the one of the best in the league. And, oh my God, the, I just, I lost the other, who, who's on the team again?
0: So your two guards are Steph Curry and John Durant. Your two forwards are DeRozan and Durant. And your center is Joel yeah, Embiid.
1: Yeah, Embiid—that's the other guy. So yeah, I mean, Embiid and Durant together on the same team—that's a uh, I like I, that combination. A I
0: almost—I almost agree with you. I, I think I do agree. With, I think the second team would beat the first team in a game. Mm-hmm. And I think I because agree. Luca's defense is so bad <laughs> that you would just <laughs> attack him.
1: Right. Exactly. I hundred percent agree with that.
0: I mean, people like to give Steph Curry crap for having bad defense, but I, at least in that closeout game against the War, uh, the Mavericks, his defense was pretty good. He had a block shot for, for goodness sakes.
1: Yeah, he may be the worst on the team defensively, but he's right. not that bad. He's still he's decent. still better than uh, Luca. Yeah, he's just the one that you go against on the team that they have now, because the Golden State Warriors are such a good team defensively that. He ends up being the worst. So you kind of want to go towards him because he's the smallest guy. You know, he's your statistically, he's the best guy to go after. So you could try to make shots over him, but he's still an excellent defensive player.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think the second team beats the first team. Let's take a look at the third team Chris Paul and Trey Young make up your your backcourt. Those are your guards. LeBron James and Pascal Saikum. I'm saying that wrong. Uh, I never say that. How do you say it? Siakam. Yeah, I'll never get that right. Uh he makes <laughs> those are your forwards. And Carl Anthony Towns is your center. That's your third team. I'm okay with that as a third team.
1: No no real gripes. Uh, maybe <coughs> Yeah. I'm fine with that. It's okay, but uh I mean this I feel like this team wouldn't do as good as a second team. I don't think this team would do as good as a first team overall, you know. I, I just uh it's mainly because of the first Two guys, um, Chris Paul and uh, Trey Young. I don't think those guys are very good uh, defensively, and I think you could take that. That's like a big hole. That's like a weakness right there. If you're gonna go up against them, you could take both of those guys.
0: Did You say you could take both of those guys, as it be Because I don't think that that's I true at all. I absolutely could. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you put me against Trey Young, and I'll, I'll own him. Oh, he's not gonna to stop me defensively. Yeah, I would. Love Chris Paul, he'll, he might get a couple on me, but.
0: I would love to see that, Ronnie. So I saw something funny on Me Twitter. Too. We're, we're going to take a quick tangent here. I saw something funny on Twitter. It says, there should be a rule in the NBA that each NBA player is allowed to fight one fan per season. <laughs> <laughs> I would know. be on board with that 100%. <laughs>
1: Oh, the, who could thinks of that? That's like the best idea of ever. Yeah. ever. That would be so entertaining, too. You know. Because, you, but when when does that happen? Does that happen at the end of the year or just no, randomly? This like, is, how is yeah. That set up? I
0: think it would it would be literally like you know in the NFL they have the red challenge flag. Each player has like a special maybe a flare gun or something, and it could be in the middle of a game and they just fire it and they point to somebody in the stands and they're like right now everybody clears off the court. They bring in this little this little ring in the middle and they just they just fight
1: i think they should do it where they just the nba players just charge in the stands and just start fighting some some no, no, we, you know person the NBA, in the stands the nba's done that
0: that did not work out well for anyone
1: <laughs> i know that's my favorite thing though that was oh my god when uh that was your uh, favorite World thing that the, palace in the palace oh it is so good i i love watching that replay <laughs>
0: Yeah, you gotta have it organized so watching, fans know when they oh, when they come in with their tickets. At any point during this game, you may have to go to half court <laughs> and fight one of the players.
1: You gotta watch what you say, then. You know, I mean, this is gonna make people think about saying things. So, yeah, I, that that'd be pretty cool to, if that was allowed. So, my Can next you question just is: like going to the game, just knowing that? Oh, you, yeah. If you say one thing to set a player off, like he he has free roam to just go off on you. <laughs>
0: yeah, I. I don't think there's anybody in the NBA that I would even come close to winning in a fight. <laughs> yeah, st- I'm not a good fighter at then all. Then I started either. thinking, is there anybody in the WNBA that I would be in a fight? And I still think that answer is no. <laughs> and then I started thinking, I is there any professional athlete that I could potentially <laughs> win in a fight? And I'm going to stick with no unless. Like of of the major sports, right? Uh, if we get to I like – I
1: mean Brittany Griner has a good reach too, right? Who? Griner? Brittany Griner has oh, a pretty long reach. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, yeah. Like, I mean they're going to be able to take her.
0: They're professional athletes. They are – I don't yeah. think it matters gender or sport. They're going to whoop up on me. So I would be. <laughs> I would be keeping my mouth shut. Yeah. Um, certainly not saying things loud enough where they would actually hear it, but I would just love, I would just love that you know Chris Paul got into it with a fan on Mother's Day, and I think he probably would have pulled out his little his flare gun, fired it in the air, and and fought that guy. <laughs> yeah. Now it turns out it was a 13 year old kid, Absolutely. so
1: I don't I don't know maybe <laughs> which would have made it even better to watch. <laughs> Chris Paul beats a 13 year old half court, well, yeah, and he deserved it. He was talking about my mama.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They do like the whole thing. You know, Joe Rogan comes down and commentates. It would be it would be fun. Uh, I, I think I think you would have fans that would think that they could win in a fight against a professional basketball player. Uh, I think that only has yeah. to happen once before people are like ooh oof, maybe not. Uh, anyways, back to the I old would, third team. No, go ahead, Ronnie. I got to hear what it, whatever you're going to say. Uh, is, I would. Is
1: pro- I would. I was just thinking. Like, can you imagine like. Me or you versus Meta World Peace when he oh I mean, he just yeah. went off on those fans he just yeah. whipped up on him you know I'm thinking of uh who what was the other big fight wasn't Ben Wallace in a big fight too uh, Man, Runner Test was, test was involved
0: with that the balance of the Palace yeah um wait I would wait wait wait, wait I mean, what did uh, Meta what did who was Meta World Peace before he changed the name to Meta World Peace was that Runner Test yeah okay woof. For a moment there, I thought I was in some sort of reception. I'm pretty sure. You're, you're making me double-think that, yeah. yeah I'm going to
1: double-check that just just be sure, but I'm yeah, pretty sure. I, I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure
0: it is. I, I, I'm, yeah, okay.
1: Um, <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen his regular name. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of the top vote-getters as well that did not make the team was Rudy Gobert, uh, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler uh, were the top three. Then you have this next tier where you had a couple of guys get one or two votes. Uh, but I think maybe you could make an argument for Jimmy Butler as one of the forwards,
1: but yeah, how I about the guys overall, that are in it right now with, uh, there's, uh, what about Clay Thompson and what about, uh, Green, you know, who is the first one that you said? think They would make it. I mean, um, Clay Thompson.
0: He was done. I mean, Clay Thompson didn't play a whole lot this year. Uh, Jalen Brown got a couple of votes. Uh, mm-hmm. Mikhail Bridges got a vote. That seems weird. Like I understand he was—he's on the <laughs> all-defensive team, but yeah, yeah. So when I started thinking about no, this, I started yeah, looking some at of the these... centers that were listed on here, and you know we were talking about DeAndre Ayton. And is he a top five center? Uh, certainly not. After seeing the 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 list here, and it really just becomes down to—and we've seen it in the Miami game with Bam—he will take the ball up the court. And we see it with uh, Jokic. He'll take the ball and, and dribble up the court. And that's true for all of these centers mm-hmm. that that are on this team, and really the top five that got votes. Have you seen DeAndre Ayton take the inbound bass and bring the ball up the court?
1: Man, he sucks at dribbling so badly. It's ridiculous. Whenever he gets a ball, he only has like two seconds before he's going to lose it. So if you if you see him with the ball and if he starts dribbling it, Count to two, and you'll see that it's a turnover, and the other team gets it.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Is it's He's not a good ball handler, where these other centers— Oh, no, he
1: has brick hands.
0: Are. I mean, Joel and, and Jokic are at a whole other level. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns is, is, is good as well. Bam has been fantastic with that. I haven't seen a whole lot of uh, Rudy Gobert to know how his ball handling skills are, but I imagine they're better than DeAndre Ayton's. So that's sort of where you see this—, you remember- this tier system of setters is it drops off as, hey, can you handle yeah. the ball?
1: <laughs> Do you remember that scene in Deadpool when he got his hands blown off and he's he started yeah. growing those little tiny baby hands? Baby hands. Those are Aiden's hands. Those are... <laughs> yeah. He has the worst hands. I mean, they're not small baby hands but
0: they're just not good at handling the No, ball.
1: they're not, but it, it, when he the way he handles the balls, it, it looks like it. He, he sucks at handling his balls is what I'm trying to say, I guess. I get
0: it. I get it, Roddy proud of yourself (laughs) proud of yourself for that one
1: (laughs) yep i got that one in there
0: (laughs) all right so that's the all nba team uh though i i agree with the first team mostly i would say maybe steph curry over devin booker but i think it's Mm -hmm. nice to see devin booker sort of get that recognition by the league hopefully uh right hopefully he can continue it beyond this you know luca is a great point guard i don't know that he's the best point guard in the nba but certainly well deserved all around for for all of these guys so congratulations you yeah, guys for the, making the nba all team
1: with the booker thing i i get it because he was on you know they had the best record in the league this year and he he'd had an excellent regular season but when you saw how bad he played in those last few games you know just getting double teamed and turning it over like crazy i mean I, I don't think he deserves to be in there anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to print a
0: retraction based off of recent performance.
1: Right. Yeah. He was horrible.
0: Did you um, want to, uh, did you want to do trends, Roddy? Do you have something ready sure. to go for that or no?
1: Do whatever you want. No, I so not we, all, but I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's
0: shoot from the hip here. We
1: were uh, recently
0: talking about <laughs> trends in the NBA or there things that direction that the NBA is going and uh, Something maybe it could be something you like, it could be something you don't like, but just sort of how you felt about some of these trends. And, um, the one that it's been going on for a while and you continue to see it is just the abundance of three point shooters in the NBA and how, you know, to the point where on a fast break, and the Warriors do this probably more than any other team on a fast break, instead of going for a layup or a slam, they'll pull up at the three point line and, and hit down an open shot. And, you know, it goes. 50% Fifty percent of the time, so that's what one and a half points on average. Is that better or worse than doing an easy gimme layup or or dunk? Right, that's sort of driving
1: to the hoop and getting two points.
0: Yeah, and that's sort of the the trend that I I'm not sure I, I I'm not crazy about. Yes, it's exciting when they hit that three point shot, but when they miss it, which they're going to miss it probably fifty percent of the time, maybe give or take a little bit. Then you just look kind of kind of silly. It's hey, you gave up free. You gave up a two free points for a potential three points, sort of that, you know, one yeah, in hand is worth more than tough. two in the bush expression. So that's just a trend that I'm not crazy yeah. about. And I don't think the analytics or the statistics of, of how those points go really support doing that. So just kind of wanted to know how you feel about yeah. that. If you have the same sort of frustration or, or, or if you're a fan of it.
1: I would agree with you that they should not be doing that. If you have a wide open shot to the hoop, you know, where you could just drive it in and lay it up, you should absolutely do that because it's the highest percentage and I mean if you miss a three, then you're just you're screwed out of all those points, you know, when it, it could have been an easy two instead, you know. Um and then I kind of understand what they might be thinking about doing where, you know, sometimes they'll they'll wanna pull up for three because they have like a trailer behind and they know that he could go for the rebound if it's missed, but then you have to make sure that you get the rebound so then you could kind of set your team up to try to get an easy two points after that too. So still the the best thing statistically and the smartest thing to do is just to slam duck it in there, you know, just drive it in there.
0: Hey. hey, I don't know what happened. That was weird. So the yeah. best thing to statistically do is, uh, I'm sorry, you were, you are uh, I'll let you refresh and I'll, I'll edit this part out.
1: Yeah, the best thing statistically to do is just to drive it in there and not go for the three points, you know? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to shoot a three-point shot. You just need to drive it in there and get the easy two and then be done with it. Then you got two points and you just go back on defense, you know?
0: So the the counter to that, because uh, this is another not necessarily a trend, but something that I see that I I don't know that I necessarily agree with is you you have the fast break. You've decided you're going to go and lay it up or dunk it in, and you have a defender that's trailing you. If you're that defender, do you want to foul to try to stop them from getting that, or do you just let them take it and get the ball back in and and, and start your up start up your offense again?
1: I, if I was a defender and I was trailing, if I had the opportunity to, I would try swiping down at the ball. I wouldn't go to you know defend and like jump and try to block it. I would try to swipe down at it, you know, and try to you know knock it out as they're raising up to shoot the shot. If I couldn't do that at all, I would just let them shoot it and just wait for the rebound.
0: I I agree with that. At some points, it's it's almost a foregone conclusion that they're going to get that basket, but they'll they'll try to foul them almost a dangerous fashion when they're behind them to try to stop the shot from going in. And and maybe it works sometimes Mm -hmm. that they're going to get two, three throws, but sometimes it doesn't. And now you're giving them a chance at a three point play. Not only that, but now you're putting yourself in a bad situation. You could be getting into foul trouble or, or, uh, end up in foul trouble as the game progresses. So I never really understood that is why would you give them a benefit, which is you getting a foul to stop something, to potentially stop something that's more or less a done deal. So I just, just don't necessarily right. agree with that. That seems to be the common trend as well. That that's probably more common than the the pulling up and shooting a three is that I'm going to foul this guy hard and hope that he doesn't make it. But um, now, if you are going to foul, you you really need to hope that they don't make it. Uh, otherwise, you look really silly mm-hmm. with if you're giving them an extra shot. You know the n one. But I I just think it might be better yeah. to let them to let them have it. We had. Three people foul out of the game six, Boston versus Miami. I didn't look at all yeah. of their fouls. I'm going to have to go back and see. But maybe one of those fouls, at least one of those fouls, were in sort of those situations where you didn't really need the foul. You could have just conceded the basket and mm-hmm. got back on offense. And it put you, put you in a bad position. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of that trend either. It seems to be more common. It seems to be getting more they, – they really want to make sure they don't get that at one. Um, So they're fouling really, really hard, and sometimes that becomes a flagrant or someone's going to get hurt. You're never a fan of that. That's a silly way for somebody to end their season or or end their night even uh, by getting a hard foul because of a a fast break.
1: Yeah, I've I've seen it too. Like when they're going back to the three-point thing, you know, where when they're wide open or they have a fast breaker or something, they pull up for three. I feel like that when the defender, if there's any defender close by, if they just let them shoot it, then it seems like it, they most likely miss they're it because they're like so it. wide open. Yeah. They kind of like, they, yeah, they kind of get that pressure. Like, okay, now I have to make it because I'm so wide open, and they end up not making it. You know, <laughs> yeah, I've seen
0: that too, where they're expecting contact on the layup and then they end up missing it because it yeah. doesn't come, and they're like, oh, so yeah, maybe maybe it's yeah. better to just fake them out and pretend. I see. This is completely unrelated. Now we're, we're going way off in the left field. Um, you know with. Opposing players are taking three throws. I would love just for the entire scene to go absolutely silent.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I've, you know, have you ever seen those big air cannons? <laughs> do you know? Do you know i talking about? There's like these big plastic round things. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, pull yeah. back and they let go. I, w- I want to get the whole Phoenix Sun stadium, like the whole left side, some of those cannons, so that it could just a gust b- affect of air. the ball when they shoot their free throw. You know, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> you know if that would work. Like, I don't make a miss by like yeah. five feet. <laughs> If they all pull at the same time and a big gust, you know, just pushes it. Ah. Oh, but I would to just love that. it
0: to go absolutely like completely silent. You could hear a pin drop. Silent. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really, really funny.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. For yeah, instead of if it would kind of like becomes like because they always do that for the home team. You know, it's always silent well, it's the not super team, it's silent. It's, right? it's silent. still quite
0: a bit of chatter well, yeah. and stuff. But if they could just make it si- but, silent and, as
1: yeah. like it was during the bubble. <laughs> like ridiculous, yeah. Like the during the moment is happening, right, right. just like dead. Like you hear a pin drop, and then the guy's just like, "This is so weird." And then he just or you like have like what
0: designated fan that yells out just the most random word right as they're <laughs> about to shoot that just completely throws them off. Yeah, not. what? <laughs> so I would love to see that. I don't think we'll ever see that because it's too many people to get on the same page, and you know, not even the wave yeah. can make it all around the stadium. Sometimes, so never, never going to happen.
1: There was a big thing. There was. <laughs> They did that at a at the Coldplay concert. They did the wave actually, and it worked. They made it all the way around. Oh, nice! But um, one th- uh, what the hell were we just talking about?
0: We <laughs> were talking that. about layups and quiet free yeah. throws. You had some wind machine that you were going to invent to uh, have the yeah. fans do.
1: I do not remember what I was going to say. It was it was something that had to do with the the moment of silence or something like that. I don't know, whatever. But yeah, can I? I want to go over my pet peeve. Yeah. So my biggest pet peeve. Is um, just when players lay on the ground after you know supposedly getting hurt, you know, finger quotes. Um, I'm kind of done with that because then it it just slows down the game, and then they they're like, okay, we have to take a look at it because he's laying there. I'm, I'm so sick of that already. It's just so stupid. And I know like Booker kind of made um, Booker made fun of uh, Luca for doing it so much, you know. And, Booker uh, does it, I, I Booker was does it quite him. a bit as well. He
0: does the lay flat on my back. <laughs> Thing which is in my pay, in my book, the exact same thing.
1: Yeah. Well, when when Luca was doing it so much, and then Booker did it, and he called it the Luka special, that cracked me up, you know. But yeah, I I I just don't like any players doing it. I don't like Booker doing it either. I don't like any players doing it. It's it's just becoming a, a huge thing where it's just affecting the the way the game is. And LeBron does it a lot. Ugh, I'm just I'm done. Yeah, with that.
0: there was in Game Five, Boston versus Miami uh kyle lowry pretended he got hit by an elbow and they, he got the call um and it's like the nf the nba needs to do something about it and i don't know what what it is maybe you review those afterwards and if they're a flop like this clearly was you suspend them a quarter and then the second time they do it they you know two quarters and three quarters till they're missing all of this hmm. so it's sort of punitive but they got it
1: they quarter. gotta do yeah, something like that.
0: because it's getting bad. and <clears throat> It's effective. The refs are calling it, so you have to do it after the fact because you can't. Ex- uh, the refs got so much going on, and then expecting them to come over and look right. at, review every single they review so much crap as it is. It's it's exhausting when there's two or three right. plays in a row that need to be reviewed. It's just like come on, just yeah, just
1: come on. And I I think the players sometimes you know pretend to get injured and then just to kind of like get back at the other players from before for creating a review they're like fine well we're, we're going to create a review too just to show you how dumb it was you know I don't know it's just I'm tired of it
0: well that's a that's a trend that I I agree with I'm not a fan of not a fan at all uh, any trends that you are I'm trying, um, I'm trying, of trying a trend that I am a fan of and um, I like sort of what some of these teams have done where they have that bench player that Whenever they come in, you know they get the huge applause and they sort of become the fan favorites. I think that's really fun to watch and see happen. Uh, the first player that comes to mind is, you know, Taco when he comes in, how just the crowd goes absolutely nuts. Uh, I love that guy. Yeah. He looks looks so funny when he
1: plays basketball. Um, I, I remember Pat Burke used to do that for the Suns too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Taco Fall is seven foot six. He's just an absolute monster. And the same for that dude on the Mavericks who's super tall.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking of him too. I, I can't think of his name. I want to say like. Boban. Ah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say Bumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Boban.
0: And he's in that commercial, which I also think is really, really funny. Um, yeah. He has great
1: commercials. A lot of good Yeah. And it was
0: so weird to see him mad after that Suns game where uh, I think it was Torrey Craig yeah. took the extra shot or something and, just to see the guy that you never see, yeah, Chris never Pant see angry, just be, being Pant. so happy, and he's always so happy. So I like that. I like that the fans sort of rally behind those guys, and they sort of become the, you know, a lovable loser is too harsh. They're not losers by any fact. They're professional <laughs> athletes, but just the 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 joy that fans just get. because yeah. fan yeah. you know when they're coming in the yeah, game most a, of the time, they're likable. They're likable, and when they're coming into the yeah. game, it's because you have a big lead or. Um, I don't know. It's just it's easy to root for those sorts of players. Uh, I think I think I like that. I like the the positivity that it brings to the stadium uh, when something like that happens. Definitely. All right, Rudy, Let's take a look at the 2004 NBA draft. It's not going to be nearly as impressive as the 2003 NBA draft. So, if, <laughs> if if you haven't heard that episode, LeBron that was the LeBron draft where everybody on that draft class was apparently amazing. Uh, so. No chance that we're ever going to see something like that again. But the 2004 NBA draft did have some some pretty solid players. So yeah, this one's still uh, interesting. Rana, you want to go down? You want to go down through do the top five? Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll do, uh, six through
1: ten. Okay. Yeah. So number one, Orlando picked Dwight Howard. Number two, Charlotte picked. Um, um why can't I say his name? Emeka Okafor. O- Umeka <laughs> Okafor.
0: That's that's why I gave you the top five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then Chicago picked Ben Gordon um LA Clippers got Sean Livingston and number 5 was Washington Devin Harris. Uh what,
0: as we pulled this up, Dwight Howard went to the Orlando Magic. They also drafted Shaquille O'Neal when they had the first overall pick. They have the first overall pick again this year and the the speculation is I believe they're they're targeting one of the 7 footers coming out of the draft. So, do they just like taking setters when they have the first overall pick? Or do they get the first overall pick just to take setters?
1: <laughs> well, maybe they Assuming think it's the most valuable position, you know, so as long as you pick that position, maybe you have something to trade there, too. So, maybe it's maybe that's why they do it.
0: Do you do you think setters are the most valuable position? What's the most no, valuable position in the NBA?
1: I, I, I don't think... I think it's just whoever is the best player at the time. I don't think there's... I mean, it's... it's well, I don't know. Now that I think that maybe it is the most valuable position because of the way it's played right now. You know, with Embiid playing, like he could shoot the three and he could do everything. He's not just a a big guy in the center like Shaquille O'Neal was. You know, so maybe it is becoming the most important position.
0: I think any shooter is I, the most important. So whoever's the best shooter,
1: I personally I think, think, is, think uh, that point guard is the most position or most important position, but you need a big guy too, you know? <laughs> and so the, I don't know. I think it's like in combination. You just, you need to have someone to create the, the, pos- the possession. You, know? you need someone to be able to dribble up the court and like create the play. And then you also need those big guys to play defensively and, and rebound. So I don't know. That's not the, Bo-
0: the Boston Celtics are going against the gold state warriors. Neither one of them have an elite big guy though. Right. Interesting. Anywho, that's an aside. Uh, So 6-10, through Josh Childress was taken by the Atlanta Hawks. Luol Deng was drafted by the Phoenix Suns. He was then traded to Chicago. I was like, he didn't play for the Suns. Uh, Rafael Araujo was drafted by the Toronto Raptors. Andre Iguodala drafted by the 76ers. Luke Jackson drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers at number 10. That rounds out your top 10, but there's a lot of other names on here uh, that – jumped out at me as i kind of went through this are there any that that jumped out at you what, what's the first one that you saw
1: first one would be sebastian telfair i know he's not a big name but he he's decent uh al jefferson number 15 josh smith 17 jr smith 18 uh who do you got
0: uh jameer nelson was the first one that i saw he jumped out at me i was like wow he he fell all the way to number 20th that's kind of that's kind of interesting and then there was maybe that was him oh uh Trevor Reza was probably the steal of the draft. He was second round, 43rd pick overall. Yeah. Very long and successful career in the NBA.
1: That was a surprise as to see Chris him on the way. Down there.
0: Yeah. Chris Humphreys jumped out as me as well as, as one that had potential. He married Kim Kardashian for a little bit, so that's <laughs> I think I think he's the only player in this draft class that was married to Kim Kardashian. I can't confirm that.
1: And that's what ruined uh, his career been, when they got married. There's right? been a
0: lot. That's what ruined his career, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- some interesting things about this draft. 2004 was the expansion year for the Bobcats. So this is mm-hmm. their essentially expansion pick. And they determined before the draft, and I don't know how they determined it, but they were going to pick fourth. So when they did the lottery, you know, you could be one, two, three, or five. Right? There was no way you were going to get fourth. That was locked into the Bobcats. The Bobcats did not have any chance of getting one two three they did not participate in the lottery at all mm-hmm. so this was their expansion draft so that was interesting that the, the player they took was uh okay so they were four but then they traded up to two and then they ended up with okafer as the the face of the franchise you know the first player that you draft so uh, i thought that was kind of cool kind of fun little fact the rookies of this draft class so okafer and ben gordon they were named Rookie of the Year. So Okafor was the Rookie of the Year. But Ben Gordon was the sixth man of the year. And that is the only time a rookie has ever been the sixth man of the year. So hmm, nice. that was kind of a fun fact as well.
1: Yeah, he was a, a great player. I'm surprised to see that we traded him for... I mean, we traded Luel Dang, Phoenix did. That's a bummer. I don't like that because I, I liked Luel Dang. Why did they trade him?
0: Was this was this the Tony era of the Suns? Hmm.
1: 2004? Uh it yeah, might have been the beginning it of it. It probably was. It might have been 2005 was the beginning of D'Antoni. I'm not sure.
0: He he always traded his draft picks. he never kept anybody.
1: Okay, well that makes sense then.
0: <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just one of those guys that's like, "Oh, we have this pick. Yeah, we're not going to keep it."
1: Yeah. We never
0: keep it. Let's see coaching career of Mike D'Antoni. <clears throat> we had Ben he Gordon for a, a little bit Suns. too, didn't we? We had who?
1: Didn't we have Ben Gordon for a year?
0: No, I think Ben Gordon was a restricted free agent and the Suns made an offer, but uh he did he was retained by the team that controlled his rights, oh, okay. I believe. I might be thinking of Aaron Gordon. Oh. I don't know. It was a Gordon involved. <laughs> uh but Dan Tony was the head coach from two thousand two to two thousand eight, so this was right in his wheelhouse where he refused to draft anybody.
1: Yeah.
0: Just played with the guys he wanted, so yeah, that was uh, that's the top ten of the two thousand four N- two thousand four NBA draft. Some notable players along the way, and some fun facts for you. So let's let's do our redraft, Ronnie. Yeah, I am excited about this because there's some interesting names on here that really kind of pop up. And uh, yeah, I, I I'm excited to hear what your top five is versus versus my top five. So let's let's do our number ones. I'll go first. Number one. In the draft, just a refresher, was uh, Orlando Magic. They took Dwight Howard. In my first pick of the redraft, I am sticking with Dwight Howard. He was the best player to come out of this draft class. He is probably going into the Hall of Fame. I I don't know. Yeah, he's going into the Hall of Fame. But Dwight Howard, number one overall pick for Team team John.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if you're going to change that at all. I, I wouldn't have changed it either. I would also pick Dwight Howard too as well.
0: Okay, number 2. The number 2 overall pick in the actual draft was uh Okafor, who had a solid career, but I am bumping him off of my top 5 actually, and I am taking Andre Iguodala for my number 2.
1: Yeah, that's a good choice right there. Man, so you're going to skip over all these other players. You're going to go all the way down to number 9 with Iguodala?
0: Yeah, and let me let me tell you why. Looking at this draft class, Andre Iguodala had the third most points. In the NBA – of this draft class. Mm -hmm. So Dwight Howard was number one. Andre was number three. Andre played the second most minutes of anybody in this draft class. And there's a stat called VORP. I don't know if you've heard of VORP.
1: I don't know what that is. Tell me what that is.
0: VORP is value over replacement player. So it's sort of like, hey, because of you, this is the value they get. So a positive number is – the higher your positive number is, the better you are. A negative number means – they would have been better with a different player, oh, sort of is the that average the minus player of that position. Uh, no, that's that's uh, I don't know what that is, but this okay. is this is based on their career, oh, right? right? So it's a little bit trickier. So let's for example, Dwight Howard was the best player in this draft. I think we all agree with that. Mm-hmm. His VORP was thirty nine. Gotcha. So. Against the average center, he got you 39 more points a a game offensively wins. I don't know what it means. Um, The box score estimate of the points per 100 team possessions that a player contributed above the replacement level player translated to an average team and prorated to an 82-game season. So they take (laughs) some numbers. They do some math, and they come up with this number. Uh, So 39 is Dwight Howard's. Andre Igadala, his is forty one. So in theory, based off of Vorp, he is the better than Dwight Howard. I don't know that's necessarily true, but he is just a fantastic player. He's from the University of Arizona. So, you know, gotta give him some, some U of A love. Yeah. <laughs> despite me being an ASU guy. But you always support those guys. So yeah, I took him I took him at number two.
1: Okay. Well, I I love that pick, by the way, because he's one of my favorite players. And I think doesn't he still play in the league too right now, or did he just retire? Let me look real quick. Yeah, he's in the Golden State know. Warriors. Yeah, I knew that. Oh yeah, huh. they show he show on the bench talking
0: to Draymond. Right, right. Because I think he's injured. He's he's not yep. active if if he's playing, but he is on a roster. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's amazing. And he's he's every time I've always seen him on a floor, he's just such a big presence down there, and, and that's just. He always has a big impact on the game when he plays. I wish I would play him more, but I know he's injured. So uh, hopefully, uh, that'd be cool if he was actually playing in the finals. I don't know if that'll happen. But anyway, so my number two, I so I don't know enough about Okafor. I, I, I remember his name. I remember he was a decent player. But I think I would pick Ben Gordon over him. So Ben Gordon was number three. I would move him up to number two over Okafor. Um, ben Gordo was just a a really good guard, and it just seems like no matter what team he played for, he was he was always up there and and scoring and everything. So I I would choose him. He always made every team better.
0: Okay, Ben Gordon did not make my top five. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at his his assist numbers. I'm looking at his total points. Uh, he was in the top ten of all of those categories, but. Towards the bottom of that top ten, so yeah, I, he did not make my top five. So interesting.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I saw Okafor was injured for you know a, a few years there, so that's the only reason I mainly, boop, um, bumped him a little bit because he was just hurt. And he, um, Ben Gordon had a very long career and decent numbers all the time, every year he played.
0: Yeah, no, certainly had a good career. You can't can't fault you for that. You definitely. When you when you pick a player in the first round, you always hope that they can make a contribution. And, and Ben Gordley certainly did that and more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a solid pick. Solid pick for you. Solid pick for uh, is it the Sixers that we said that drafted him. I don't have it in front of me anymore. No, the Bulls. The Bulls. Yeah.
1: And Okafor had some sort Are... of injury, some sort of neck injury in 2013 and 14 where he just he didn't play. Like He was still rostered for the team, but he didn't play for four years straight with a neck injury. That's that's killer. Oh wow. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I kinda maybe I'll YouTube that one. <laughs> I don't think I want to.
0: <laughs> uh with my number three pick, I'm taking Josh Smith. Josh Smith was drafted seventeenth overall by the Atlanta Hawks. And I am taking him at third. And the reason is because, you know, looking at some of the sets I looked at of this draft class, he was fifth in points. He was fifth in minutes. He was third in VORP. But looking at assists, he was also fifth in assists. So he was just top five in all of these categories that I care about uh, as a team. You know, Josh Smith, his position was a a shooting forward or strong forward. Mm -hmm. So great to have all of that, have the assists, have the points, have the minutes, have all of that stuff. And he's probably not going to be the... I don't, the elite superstar on your team, but he is absolutely a critical piece that that makes a difference between winning and losing very, very often with his overall play. So, yeah. Josh Smith is my number three overall pick.
1: I like how you're going based off all of these stats and everything like that. I'm just going based off of like memory and and the players that I I remember playing. You know, so my number three pick uh, would be Sean Livingston. I just remember he was always tough to play against. Um, he he was drafted by LA clippers you know number four so i'm moving him up just one position he'll be my third but i just remember when we played against him the suns played against him he was always a tough tough opponent and um he just drove me crazy so
0: yeah sean livingston that's a good pick he played 14 years in the nba he was in the top 10 for pretty much every category uh during of this draft class so can't really can't really complain about the pick too much his uh his vorp is four point three, which is on the lower side. So I don't know that I would would pick him based off of that. But I also don't know if I know what vorp is, so <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. You know,
1: the biggest thing that I remember is when he was on Golden State Warriors towards the end of his career. Um, it says here he was on there for two thousand and fourteen to two thousand and nineteen, and that was during their years when they just started taking off. You know, they they started winning championships, so. Um, I, that's why I, I would pick him number three. Cause he just, he was a very impactful player during those times.
0: Was he getting minutes with those, with those teams?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was big, getting good minutes. He had three starts. <laughs> what? Three starts. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, uh, no, his, his minutes played were decent though. they were about 20 minutes per game. Um, last two years, there are 15 minutes.
0: Okay. No, I mean. That's 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 a great way to end your career, right? Is coming off the bench in a supporting role for a championship team uh, doesn't get much yeah. better than that. Okay. Well, with the number four pick, I am taking Luol Deng. He was originally yeah. taken with the seventh pick, so not a huge move there. Uh, he is from the United Kingdom, but yeah, I'm taking him at number four uh, for a lot of the same reasons that we already talked about. He was fourth in points of this draft class. He was fourth in minutes of this draft class. He was fourth in VORP of this draft class. So it seemed like he really wanted to go fourth. So I'm going to take him at fourth.
1: It's funny that I picked him number fourth because that's coincidentally who I had number fourth. Just, oh, interesting. I know you're, okay. you're you're like all over the place, but uh, yeah, I I really like Liu Dang at number four too as well. Um, just going down the list compared to all these other guys, I I think he's a perfect fit for for number four. Um, there's. There's a a few others that I'm like my number 5 pick though that one that one was was tough for me so I'm just going to go straight to that one because we're you know we're the same at number 4 number yeah, yeah. 5 I actually picked Egodala because um he was you know drafted number 9 dang, dang number 7 so yeah I think Egodala should have been number 5 in this draft and yeah he he's such a good player I Iguodala is honestly one of my most favorite players I like him and Ibaka a lot. I wish those two were on the same team because I think they have a very similar style of play. They're just very, very big, very lanky, and they they are very impactful on the teams. So I I like him at number five.
0: Okay, no, that's a good pick. I, I really struggled with number five as well. Uh, I, I had Al Jefferson written in at number five. I ended up crossing him off, and I wrote in the number 43 overall pick, Trevor Ariza, and the reason was yeah, because okay. Trevor played so much time. I mean, he was in the NBA for 18 seasons. He was, yeah, third on the total minutes of third on the list of total minutes played. So this dude, this dude put some miles on those feet, and uh, his VORP mm-hmm. was was the fifth highest. So I I don't think you could go wrong with either Al Jefferson or Trevor Ariza. But I I just I picked Ariza. Ariza, we mentioned it before the podcast. He was a short timer on the Suns, but. Yep. Fun guy to watch play, and again, not one of those guys that's going to be the superstar of your team. But he is definitely a piece that you need if you're building a championship team.
1: He was on the Lakers this year.
0: Oh, he played this year too. Wow. Okay.
1: Yep. Yeah. So we'll see if he continues his career too.
0: Did he have a, a lot of minutes? I
1: don't know if you have the stats up in it, front of you. Yeah, it says 19 minutes per game. So yeah, he. Yeah. I don't remember wow. him playing at all this year though. Yeah, I didn't watch it the Lakers basketball, so <laughs>
0: it's kind of
1: <laughs> That's what so surprise me. I wonder if he got injured towards the last part of the year. I don't remember him playing with LeBron or anyone, but, well, you know, maybe he was filling in for a lot of those injured players, too.
0: Yeah, maybe. So that's interesting. 2003, you know, LeBron was drafted. 2004, Trevor Ariza. That, that really is an old team. <laughs> yeah, everyone made fun of him, definitely. but when you look at it, like, yeah, that's that's... They got the the AARP team. So there you have yeah. it. My top five, Dwight Howard, Andre Iguodala, Josh Smith, Luol Deng, and Trevor Ariza. I don't remember yours, Ronnie. Will you recap your top five for us?
1: <laughs> Let's see if I remember, too. So I I got Dwight Howard, Ben Gordon, Sean Livingston, Luol Deng, and Iguodala. Those are my top five. That sounds right. And I was yep. really close to I, – I wanted to move J.R. Smith way up this list, too. Like I think he probably would have been – my number six, because I, I, I really liked him a lot, too. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, number five was tough. There's so many good players. I remember Kevin Martin. He was an excellent player. Ariza, I didn't make my top five, but, I mean, he's right up yeah, there someone, with these guys. So.
0: Jameer Nelson went number 20 of them and He was an all-star mm-hmm. as well, so that definitely had some some really good players. Yeah. Al Jefferson but was on yeah, the I, all-NBA team. Um, I mean, it's just... Yeah. It's so interesting how you look at this list and you see some people. So the one I went a little deep on this, the guy that was picked number eight overall, Rafael Alrejo. And he was just, <laughs> you know, who is the biggest flop of this draft? You know, he was taken number eight overall right. and he just was not in the NBA for very long. He was in with the Raptors yeah. for two years. He went to Utah for a year and then he was out of the league. He just struggled to set himself apart from – mediocre players and yeah. he ended up playing in uh I think he went to Brazil, he went to the Brazilian basketball league, but he just was not not a great player. And it it's always, kind of it's like always... I was
1: I was looking at Josh Childress and thinking the same thing. So Josh Childress was number six and I remember he was a sons for a while, but he wasn't very good at all. He 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 played in the NBA for the first four years and then he ended up going to Greece. And then he came back to the NBA as a son and then went to a couple other teams and then went to Australia. So, yeah, he's he's a, a bad pick, too, I would say.
0: Yeah, no, that's right, Josh Childers, uh, That name rings a bell, though, so that's why I didn't even think that he was a bust. Because like, if I recognize your name, then you've at least played in the mm-hmm. NBA for a couple of years and have some notoriety. Maybe it was because he was a son. But, yeah, the the guy that was taken number eight, Raphael, I, I had no idea who that was and uh yeah. i still really don't but he was in my mind the biggest bust of this and we've already talked about the biggest steal which i think was trevor ariza at number 43 i don't absolutely you know, he's, he hasn't been an all-star or hasn't been anything but he just he just plays basketball so sometimes you just need those guys <laughs> those guys that are going to show up day in day out and help your team win
1: yeah exactly Sometimes you need those ballers, right? (laughs)
0: Gotta have the ballers, yo. Yeah, I'll (laughs) never do that again. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Who are your top five picks for the NBA draft 2004? Let us know on Twitter. Check out the podcast description to see our handles. Thanks for listening to us, guys. That's all we're going to have for today. And uh, we'll have a couple new episodes coming out. Off season is just about here. So try to figure out exactly how we're going to do the show. But uh, we look forward to figuring it out with you along the way. So... Thanks for listening to us and we'll see you soon.
1: Yep. Thanks, everyone.